0: Love Talk Radio.
1: night once again we go into the breach um, on my mind with Adrian and CR uh, she's taken a, a break for a bit uh, she's a instructor at a college so um, she's got a lot of stuff to do uh, she will be back on next week for our show um, she's going to be doing her show about medical coding so be sure and tune in about that um, today we're going to going to be talking with a member of the Spirited Investigators Paranormal. Um, She is also a co-founder and the group's sensitive. um, And I am also part of that group. Uh, So we will be coming on here. She'll be coming on in a minute or two. I just wanted to talk about one thing, and that is fall is here. Everybody's getting colder. do you want to have scents that make them think of warmer times or being nice and cozy and folks, i found a way to do that. There is a company called Country Soy Candles. They are out of PA. They are dye-free, 100% um, soy candles. It is a small business-owned company. Uh, It's a one-woman band. And let me tell you, folks, she makes some good stuff. Um, this one here is uh, black teak wood, and it just smells amazing. She does also have um, some uh, October type or Halloween type scents as well. Uh, you can find her on Facebook. Um, and good prices, and the the candles last a long time. So go ahead and check her out on Facebook. It's Dutch Country Soy Candles. All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's get into this. Um, I'm going to bring her on. So she is a founding member. Um, She is an investigator and lead sensitive for uh spirited investigators paranormal. Let's bring her on. Hello CJ, how you doing? Hey,
2: Not too bad.
1: Kind of a rainy, crappy uh day today, huh?
2: It
0: is. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> good day to have a show. So <laughs> a good good time to snuggle up with a nice scent nice smelling candle too. I don't know if you're a candle person at all.
2: Um, a small amount, yes, actually. I live in such a small area, small apartment here. I'm always worried it'll set off the smoke alarms. But, um, no, luckily I've actually been going through, and this is not one of our sponsors or anything like that, but um, I go through a company called Goose Creek.
1: Okay. No, and to each their own. Okay. Um... You know, I, I've gone to those big box stores, and where you just walk in, and they got a million of them out, and you just get a yeah. headache from them.
2: Yeah, this one is different. Mm-hmm. And they have tents related to different themes per year, and then oh, they nice. have like sixty percent off deals, and it's nice. a really, it's a pretty
1: great company. So oh. well, uh, today's show is about uh, spirited investigators, paranormal. Um, okay. We are a uh, paranormal investigation group. Uh, we actually were just cutting our teeth. We just recently got together. I think we have, I don't know, probably around maybe 10 members, if that. Um, and we're looking to do our first group um, investigation. But I was thinking today maybe we... Um, kind of get your background, and see where you started, uh, what interested you in the paranormal, um, what got you uh, on board as a member of FIP, and maybe we can share uh, a story or two.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Well, um, I grew up in it. It was really kind of part of life for us. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, It started... Pretty early, even before I was born, um, the very first story that I remember being told was that my grandfather had owned the house here in town and that there were multiple multiple entities in this location. It's currently owned by someone else. She's somehow managed to remodel the entire place. Hmm. Um, I've never gone over to talk to her to find out if she's having problems or not. Right. Right. Um, It's a pretty notorious location for people moving in and out of the location for people. Um, People still tell stories in my family to this day about that house. And uh, so it was kind of a commonplace thing where my grandfather would tell us about all the spirits that haunted his house and how it terrified him. He attempted to remodel. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a pretty good carpenter, so he was attempting to remodel the place. And he found a hidden work in the house. And that night, he sat down to relax after he got finished with construction, and he told us about a man that walked out of the wall. And I decided to do some further research on the location, and I was able to find an actual photo of a man who built the houses in that region Mm -hmm. in the early 1800s. When I showed him the picture, he confirmed for me that (laughs) that photo was, in fact, who he saw walk through the wall.
1: Wow. Yes. So, so
2: the original builder is
1: there. When he said he saw him walk out of the wall, was it a ghostly apparition? Because I know sometimes if they manifest hard enough, you can't tell a difference.
2: Uh, he, he knew it was a ghost because no one in the house looked like the man, but oh. the man walked out of a solid wall. Sure. Walked straight through a solid wall. So, and he said the man was wearing, essentially he described it as Abraham Lincoln. Okay. So he was wearing a suit and top hat at the time.
1: Yeah. So like 1860s. Right. Yes.
2: Uh, There were plenty of stories of hearing spirits of children walking throughout the house and Mm -hmm. voices of women and just different eras of people all through the house. And after some research, we did determine that the house had been a home for unwed mothers. Oh. And it had been a home for elderly. And we're not sure what else, but that was just a few of the things, which made sense because a lot of the spirits in the house were women.
1: Okay. Interesting.
2: hmm And I was watching told one story where they pretty much confirmed that they understood that there were ghosts in the house. And I was told it was because of me. Because even as, I mean, we lived there when I was two.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And two or three. And uh, they said that I would stand there and have conversations with things they
1: couldn't see. Interesting.
2: And that's how they kind of, in a way, confirmed that there were, in fact, things there in the house. Because I was having conversations with stuff they couldn't see. And this was a lot of conversations.
1: Well, and that's that's, it. that's hard to judge because a child at that point, um, you know, I think we've all had invisible friends.
2: Right. But who's to say that those invisible imaginary friends are not spirits?
1: Right. So, so that
2: was kind of the beginning of that.
1: Okay. So did you have more experiences after that? or were Oh, yes. You... Okay. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah, it's been my entire life. <clears throat> Um, the youngest I can remember was probably around that age, maybe mm-hmm. just a little bit older. Um, I remember hearing spirit voices growing up. I would be in, I would be lying in bed, about to go to sleep, and I would hear what sounded like people talking to me, and mm-hmm. I was terrified. And I remember being terrified and yelling and hollering to my parents because I couldn't understand why all these voices were around me speaking.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I couldn't understand where they were coming from, and a lot of them were not very nice. Was
1: was um, it one at a time, or were they all jumbled?
2: Well, at times, yes, it could be. Mm -hmm. At times, the stronger of the voices was, but it was also a lot. It was also a lot of what sounded like just people around the room talking.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, I remember there were ones that were so nice. They were negative. They were, um, you know, I would yell for help from my parents, and it would mock me. Oh. I remember that much. I remember being that terrified of hearing all of these spirit voices around me.
0: hmm
2: Yeah. I didn't know at the time that that's what it was, but, you know, I was just hearing things all around me, and I couldn't figure out where they were coming from, who they were, you know, because right. there wasn't anybody that I could see. It was just mm-hmm.
0: voices. So is
1: this something that you've learned to perfect on, or is it something that no. just grew?
2: No. <laughs> Anyone who says that they can perfect a gift like that is no. That's,
0: mm-hmm.
2: No. The ability to perfect and or turn off and turn back on gifts like that, that's, that's nowhere near the truth. There's no way to do, turn off, turn on, or perfect a gift
1: like right. that. Right. So it's, it's just there. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: correct. It's just there. The way, that, the way that I think about it is it's part of the brain. It's part of your brain, and there are people who can activate that part of the brain, sometimes more powerful than others, sometimes less, sometimes not at all. hmm And you can't really control it or, you know, it, it happens when it happens. Right. You know, it, it, it occurs, and there are times that there's nothing. It can be really quiet, and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a thing. It's just, it's really random. Um, You know, there are times where I will be able to do things, see things, hear things. Other times, not so much.
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm, I don't know if I'm full sensitive, but uh I, I can't hear the voices, but I can sense if a place is um, good or bad.
0: Essentially. Yeah. And that's,
2: That's a lot of empathic ability, too, Mm -hmm. just being able to take up with those senses and be able to walk in and go, you know what, this place is not so good. Right. Or, wow, this place really has good energy to it. Mm -hmm. But it's not so much being like a sensitive in the way of spirits or medium, It's, it's being able to focus enough on that energy and be able to figure out, is this good, is this bad, or to be able to focus on a spirit that happens to be there and go, okay, I can feel something's here, but how do I attune myself to that? Right. To learn, is this spirit good, bad, mm-hmm. male, female, uh, you know, adult, child, whatever it happens to be.
1: So, and, and I don't know, I don't know where you are, uh, religious or not, but where do you think our abilities lie um, in a religious
2: standpoint? Oh, that is a very loaded question. It Um, is. You know, it could be that there is something that's given to us from a higher power. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be that it was just, like I said, that part of your brain just develops and you learn how to use it or you don't. Um, It could be genetically, for me, it's hereditary. It's Mm -hmm. uh, genetically passed down in my family. So... Um, yeah, it could be you know any one of those things. Do I believe it comes from a source of something negative? Absolutely not. Right. No, no way. Mm-mm.
1: Well, I ask because there's those two camps of people where the one camp's going to be you know the the religious teetotalers and saying that there are no ghosts. Anything that you know our ghost shape is 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 bad. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be people that think the other side of it. And then I'm, I'm sure there's a good number of people who are on the fence as well.
2: Right. And the funny part is those skeptics will also be the ones to tell you, I don't believe in that type of thing, but this one time this did happen to me and I don't know how to explain it.
0: Right.
1: And I, I think we've all had those experiences.
2: Exactly. And it's good to be a skeptic. It is. It's Mm -hmm. when it's when you get to the point of everything needs to be debunked or right. you start insulting and hurting people over kind of have different beliefs than mm-hmm.
1: you. So when you, um, your investigation style, uh, do you do any uh, debunking to a point? Because uh, that's what I do.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I'll debunk the obvious and then I'll go back later and try and figure out what was going on.
2: Absolutely. That's a major point of investigation. Always be able to common sense things. Mm-hmm. Always be able to debunk them first. And then if you can't debunk it, then you have something. Then you need to investigate what is that something.
1: Right. Okay. Always, always. always. I, was, uh, I was a security officer in my last post. Uh, the engineering plant, uh, the way you got there was down the main hallway. And after you took a left turn, there was a bank of power equipment on either side of the hallway and uh, <laughs> big-time fear cage. I mean, huge EMF. I'm sure if you had an EMF reader in there, it would spike. Um, oh,
2: yeah. But, I've, I've been in one of those areas before where it's just oh, it's awful because it makes you sick, it makes yeah. you nauseous, it gives you a headache. And you can start imagining things and blaming it on something that's not actually there.
1: Right. Well, and the funny thing was, I didn't feel that in the, once you got in the engineering plant. But once you're in that tight little corridor, um, I would all I would always basically sprint down that corridor, and my, my coworkers <laughs> are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, I don't want to be here too long."
2: Right. <clears throat> because the effects of that can make you very sick.
1: Right. So. And that's, that's a main piece of equipment I have uh, that I carry with me is EMF reader. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of people, like I've heard, a lot of people like to use the K2s. They like to use the EMF. But right. I've seen them lean way too much on them, in my opinion. Where yes. With, especially with the K2s, because it's got the different lights on it, they'll start asking the questions say, hey, if it's this, light up this color, or if it's that, light up that color. And I just, to me, a K-2 and an EMF is there to tell you if something's there.
2: And the issue with that (coughs) equipment is that there are other things that are on the same frequency Mm -hmm. that can interrupt those pieces of equipment or make them go off with a false button Right. So... um,
1: when did you start investigating? Was it at a young age or was it when you were a little bit older?
2: Um, It wasn't until just recently. Oh, okay. I I mean, if I would walk into a place, I would kind of get a sense of whether there's a spirit in the room, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it was just something that was electrical that caused that feeling. But I hadn't gone into full investigations um, until a friend recently said, hey, let's go to this place. It's haunted. And with some of my abilities i thought well yeah let's let's see what's going on because i'm curious right but at the same time i also um i don't have equipment much because i you know it's kind of expensive to try and afford it but yeah um i download apps onto my phone i don't know whether those work or not but i've gotten some really good things with them right other things nonsensical that don't add up
0: mm-hmm. so i don't give them a whole lot of credit but i have had a few Really good situations
2: with those where I've got some really good answers. Um, rare, but it happens. Right. But uh, I, I use my senses, first of all.
1: Well, and I rely that,
2: on that first to tell me whether or not I should be in a location.
1: Right. And, and that's what, you know, I'm new to the investigating probably within a year, probably around the same time you started. Uh, and it was funny because we've only known each other for, what, the summer? But, um, that was the thing is you know, yeah we've got i've got tools I can use to investigate I've got a camera, I've got uh i r light, you know I've got uh a recorder on my phone, but the number one tool that I use is myself to go in and and figure out before I pull any tools out because um, that's the best yourself i mean. Who has walked into a house and had either the cackles on their neck stand up or you get goosebumps? That's your body telling you that there's there's a change in the area that you're in
2: exactly exactly, and that's how it works for me too. I walk into a location and at first, if I feel something could it just be I'm not used to the surrounding yet? I need to right. learn a little bit about it. But there's other times where I've been there for a little while, and I've gone, you know what? Something's up. Mm-hmm. Something's something's not right here. I'll give you an example. Um, you wouldn't normally think that a business that just opened up would immediately have spirits. I do go to a location down the street. I do enjoy getting herbalized shakes and teas. And uh, we had an event one night at the building, and I don't spend too much time there. I go in and pick up my order and go home. Well, we had an event, and I was sitting at the table, and I was focusing on the the, uh, presentation, I guess you could call it, that was going on, and all of a sudden, I felt a man walk out of the back room and stand directly behind me. Mm -hmm. Okay. What was that? I've never Mm felt anything in that building before. And so i Stopped for a minute said, you know, maybe my imagination's just running wild, maybe.
0: You know,
2: and then so I pulled over the lady that after the presentation, the lady that runs the shop and I said, You know what, this is weird, but do you ever have anything paranormal happen? Because I just had something happen to me and I want to make sure I'm not crazy. Right. And she mm-hmm. said, Oh no, it happens all the time. So you're aware that there's a ghost in this building and she said, Oh yeah. It's here all the time. And I said, Well, just to let you know it is a guy. Mm -hmm. And there was a pretty good indication that it was a very positive situation. Um, The presentation at the time was about giving yourself positive affirmations
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and learning to basically love yourself and tell yourself that you're good enough and that, you know, nobody can, you know, take you down and all this stuff. Really positive affirmations. And that's when he came out of the back room.
0: Right, and was
2: standing there listening. So <coughs> building, mm-hmm. someone that had a shop there, someone that was on the property at the time, and he heard some really good stuff going on, so he came out to listen.
1: Well, so. you know, it's it, it's good to know that you know he was happy about it because oh. they they will let you know either way.
2: Oh yeah, this one didn't try to do anything to anybody in the crowd. It just stood and listened. Right and so she said he's he's here all the time mm-hmm. and she said, I've learned over the years that we share our spaces with everyone else, just like we share this planet with millions of people, we share our spaces, we're never truly alone. Right. And that was that was a good entity. I liked that idea that if there's something there mm-hmm. that it's kind, that it's positive, that it's curious what we're doing and what we're talking about. Right. It seems to be happy to be there.
1: They're just as curious as we are of them, I oh mean,
2: absolutely mm-hmm.
1: you know, and you gotta think that, okay, this building is how many years old. um I'm not right. the first one to step foot in here,
2: right, right, So the building itself isn't terribly old, but it's probably uh, I would say that area got buildings about twenty twenty five years ago or so, probably. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, a few owners have come and gone through that building right. and you never know. When you dig up a land you could be disturbing spirits that are on the ground
0: exactly. that
2: are at rest, that wake up. Yeah. So it could also be something like that.
1: Right. So what um so we kind of covered your background, what what made you want to join a paranormal group?
2: Oh, I've always wanted to. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to. Um i wanted to figure out how to use some of the ability that I have to find out if I could fine tune it, to find mm. out if I could expand it, learn more about what it is, and become an investigator at the same time. I like the idea of going into places and communicating. I like the idea of technology. I, right. You know it. I've always wanted to mm-hmm. from very young age. I thought uh, I was watching ghost hunters and, you know, some of the other teams that were out there right. and I've gone and met a lot of those investigators and learned a little bit here and there um, kind of watching some of those and doing mm-hmm. my own research. So it's always been of an interest and it's just kind of a little extra that I have some abilities to be able to pick up on things.
0: Right.
1: I I think the biggest impetus for me was, Um, you know, watching, like you said, ghost hunters, um, caps has been a really, really big, um, around and, you know, watching them do their stuff, watching Tango in that truck, you know, going through the, going through all the AV stuff, like sitting there going, I want to do that. Um, and I was looking, you know, as far as SIP goes, we're relatively new. Um, I really couldn't find any group, um, in my neck of the woods. There are groups in Minnesota, but, um, they're either south of me or north of me and being that I don't drive, um, you know, I figured, well, why not? You know, I have two or three friends who are like-minded and, um, I I think we're going to have a great start. I know that uh, some of our members are scattered to the wind as far as, you know, being out of state, but I think that will help in the short term because we're not always going to find places here in Minnesota. There's probably going to be, you know, all across the Midwest, so...
2: Lots and lots of haunted places for us to check out, right. and, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll get together and do some things, and then you never know. Maybe some of us go off on our own solo off and on, and we bring it right. back to the group and say, hey, here's what happened. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: another part of it is how so much of being a paranormal investigator do you think that the um, it's that adrenaline junkie in us?
2: Um, A little bit, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I like the research. I like the investigation. Uh Um, You know, I kind of had to learn that firsthand recently, whether or not I'm going to walk into a situation and get scared out of it and go, you know what, that's probably not the best thing in the world to be doing right now.
0: Am I going to turn
2: tail and run out of there or learn how to figure out how to face Something that I walk into, and you know, because even knowing stuff about this, even having some of these abilities, you still get scared. You oh, still run yeah. across things that you go, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to touch that. I don't want. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope.
1: And and that's being an investigator in my mind. That thing to have in your mind is when to stand your ground and when to say, hey, fuck this, I'm out of here. I gotta go. Um,
2: yeah, we because... just had to deal with that. Um, me and a friend went out to, we have a park here that is very haunted. Awesome. It used to be a cemetery. And they moved to the cemetery to a different location. hmm But those spirits never really left. Oh, okay. And, right, so there is also what I believe is kind of what I call a cemetery guardian. Mm-hmm. A lot of cemeteries will have a guardian spirit that protects that area, protects any of those spirits that are still left behind from that cemetery or,
0: right. you
2: know, the spirits that are in an, in a current, you know, active cemetery,
0: where people mm-hmm. are still
2: buried. Um, that's what I believe approached me that night. And I had to figure out whether I was going to stand my ground and walk past it or whether I was going to say, this really isn't a good thing. Let's go. Right. And... I made my attempt at reasoning with it and saying, you know, I think we can walk past this and keep going, but this this thing wasn't going to let us.
1: Just follow.
2: Right. It wasn't going to let us continue. It was standing its ground and letting us know that we weren't mm-hmm. allowed to be there. It was wondering what we were doing there late at night, and it was rather right. aggressive.
1: I wonder if his tone would change if he went during the day.
2: Yeah is still there but he backs down right we did go back during the day because Mm. we had only been there maybe 10 minutes when this thing ran up on us basically it looked like a big black mass with two legs and it ran up on us and i immediately saw it come running up and my friend next to me he couldn't really make it out as well as i could but he saw something shift he saw a really fast movement come up on us and he's I could see him get scared, and I said, yeah, I, I, I can see that fully right there. I'm not right. entirely certain what it is yet, and I took a few more steps closer, and if I got me closer to it, it ran up on us faster. So I attempted it, but once I got that feeling of this is really not safe right mm-hmm. now, this is not good. I said, no. This is a situation I'm not getting into. We'll come back during the daylight. Right. This thing is aggressive. It is not going to let us in. It wants us to leave. Mm-hmm. And I did do some research and try to find if anybody else had run into this, and I have found accounts of people running into the same being.
1: So what? Uh, so you did. You did go back during the day. So yeah. what was it like when you went during the
0: day?
2: Oh, it's nice. You can feel people watching you all around, mm-hmm. and you can still feel that thing standing at its ground, but it backs down. Okay. During the daylight, it backs down. You can still feel it there when you walk in, even if you're not as sensitive. Right. You'll feel you'll feel that you're on the back. back of your neck. You'll feel your head hurt. Um, you'll get like pressure in your head from it. So I did bring out an app, and I did ask if that was. A guardian Mm -hmm. and I did make a point of asking point blank questions that were a yes or no and I did get a yes for cemetery guardian and I did get a no for demonic Okay. so I wanted to make sure that I got that out of the way because I was worried whether or not I was looking at a cemetery guardian or whether I was looking at a demonic Right. and it did in fact give me a strong yes to cemetery guardian Mm -hmm. so when when you first walk into the park there's a pathway that the sides of it are built up like a stone wall, a couple of feet, maybe about three, four feet. And uh, you get up to that point, and that's where it feels like something tries to stop you. That's where it feels like there's something standing its ground right there. And you'll get a headache. Your head will hurt. You'll get nauseous. Um, for me, sometimes if I'm dealing with something that has, more of an aggressive tendency to it, mm-hmm. I'll literally feel like someone kicks me in the back of the head huh. and then I'll get pressure between my eyes.
1: well, I know because i've I've sent you some pictures and i I've, I've I've read your responses, and it's like wow that one that one hurts um, yeah it, you know it's kind of like me uh if I'm in too busy of a place, I just get the the energy sucked out of me, yeah.
2: There are some that are pretty strong, and they can do that to you, mm-hmm. especially if there's a lot of them. If there are crowds of, of spirits around, <laughs> for a second. Um, I don't think they mean to do it. I have a different understanding of what most people think when they talk about spirits and how they can touch you or hit you. Or um, I think people think it's intentional. Mm-hmm. It. I don't believe it is. I think what it is, um, based on experience, based on what the spirit told me one time, the spirit of my own grandfather, um, when my mom's dad passed away, we would hear him walking through the hallway. He had had a massive stroke. And for 12 years, he was with Walker. Basically, he couldn't lift his feet up off the ground because of the stroke. So he would drag his feet along the floor. He would shuffle. Right. And you he would hear his shoes shuffling down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And eventually, after a little while, it started to get a little bit louder. And then you would hear his voice. He would yell your name. He would whisper your name. Late at night, he would shuffle down the hallway and hear the living be- Jesus out of us. And uh, we went to someone who's more of a medium that can communicate with people who have crossed. And we asked him. Why were you doing that? Mm-hmm. What was that about? And he said, well, at first I was learning how to be a ghost. Then I did it because I thought it was funny because it got a raise on the guys. So my thought with the spirits like that, when when one of them tells me that they were doing it to learn, right. I think what happens is they're learning to gather energy yeah. And they're trying to reach out to you. And they're trying to say, see me. they to say, do you know I'm here?
0: Mm-hmm. They're
2: invisible to people. So when someone's in a location and openly asking for those spirits, spirits are reaching out and going, hey, 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 hey. I'm right here. Hello. Right. And I think what's happening is they're reaching out for people, and they don't have good control over what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think when someone feels someone touch them, yeah, they're tapping you on the shoulder to say, Hey, right here or they're trying I think what's happening is they're also trying to figure out the physicality of being a spirit. Right. I mean have you seen Supernatural?
0: Yes.
2: Okay, do you remember the episode with Bobby as a ghost? Mm-hmm. Where he and his friend that were killed meet up in there in that haunted house. Right. And the ghosts are trying to teach them how to use their energy. Yep. That's a really good analogy to what happens. They're trying to figure out how to use that energy to be physical, to be mm-hmm. able to physically touch a person, to physically reach out to someone. And I think when stuff like that happens, even sometimes scratches, people think, it. oh, it's negative, they're trying to hurt you. They're not. Right. I don't believe that they're trying to hurt anyone. Don't That's know
1: how they're... to manifest properly.
2: Right, exactly. And I think what it is is when they're gathering energy, I think that they overdo it, mm-hmm. and I think that when they try to touch you, if they overdo the energy, they can leave scratch marks. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a lot of what it is. And that's why I don't believe a lot of the times when people say, "Oh, I got scratched; it must have been a demon." No, right. Mm-mm. Demons are so few and far between really a rare oddity, you know, the odd things that actually happen.
1: But it, it's not to say that scratches of three don't happen.
2: Right, exactly. But what happens when you reach your hand out to somebody and, and you try to touch them? What if you accidentally hit them with your nails? Are not you going right. to use the first three fingers on your hand? Mm. Right. That's that's my belief in that part of it, at least, from mm-hmm. experience, is that they're trying they're
1: learning just like my grandfather said I was learning right that um you know I I, I volunteered a heritage railroad and um I've built a lot of things I haven't seen anything yet I feel a lot of like when we go in there it's just busy um people are working it's an active shop still <laughs> It's been an active shop since the 1900s, and we do the same exact thing that they did in the 1900s in that shop. So um, I haven't seen anything, but I've felt, um, like I said, just just people going back and forth and and doing stuff. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, which he actually wants to join the group, so he'll be coming aboard um, as an investigator. Uh, Bailey, and I was talking to him, and I said, you know, we spent a lot of time there. I'm like, well, anything going on here? And uh, he kind of pulled me over to the side where there weren't a lot of people, and he goes, funny to mention that you would ask that. He goes, we actually have uh, a gentleman we call the Watchman. And um, it was very commonplace at that time in the 1900s um, to have a yard watchman. And basically, what he would do is he was like the security guard for the yard. He would he would wander around with a oil uh, oil lamp um, and just make sure that people weren't like today weren't doing what they weren't supposed to do or messing with the trains or you know being mischievous. Um, and he sent me Bailey sent me kind of a description. Uh, he's actually seen the watchman. I haven't yet. Um, but he's seen the watchman and he says uh, he's a white male, about six foot six roughly, 230 pounds, so bigger guy. But he wears all black and normally his face is covered in coal dust, which is understandable because at that time it was all steam locomotives. Uh, diesel hadn't come around yet. Um, so he's got, you know, a coal dust on his, on his face. Uh, his rank was probably the yardmaster or possibly shop foreman. Uh, he walks the grounds with a yellow oil lamp that seems docile, and he goes about his business. The only time, and, and this was Bailey speaking, the only time I've seen his face is one of the nights uh, that they were out there because every now and then what he and a buddy of mine will do is they'll wait till dark, they'll light up their own oil lamps, and they will go walk out in the yard, like he did, to kind of be a trigger object, to see what they can right. see. Um, he said, uh, brown-looking hair, a deep scar on his left cheek, and he makes you feel like you're being watched in the way you're part of the Great Northern Railway. And he said, don't do any fucking around when this guy's around, because he'll make you... I mean, nothing bad, but that was at that time a lot of accidents happened, and it was, and it still does because people are goofing around. It's a dangerous place. Okay. So, I mean, to that to that effect, he's saying he's still doing his job. He's still right. making sure that you're towing the line, that you're doing the company work. And I've kind of sensed him um, okay. doing. Well, you've
2: sent me video and, right. and pictures. Absolutely.
1: Yep. You know, I think he's a friendly curmudgeon. He just has that that austere look to him because of the job that
0: he's doing.
2: Right. Um, yeah, because I when you sent me videos and pictures of mm-hmm. of things like when you were up on the ladder and you were fixing something, repairing something, working on something, I was I could easily pick up that he was standing there watching you. Right. Absolutely.
1: And it it, it it's funny because the first couple of
2: times that
1: you sensed a picture for me, it was like you would say something and all of a sudden I'd get alarmed like, holy crap, there were people there. Like I didn't even know they were there. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that you and I have kind of refined together how we work. Um, and we've come to find a way that, you know, I'll be at a site, I'll say, hey, you know, this feels kinda of weirder or I can't get I can't get a hand on the feeling here. So I'll send you a picture. And I I like that because you're not just there going There are times
2: where I can pick up stuff. There's other times where it's just like not really. Right. You know? It happens yeah. and then it doesn't happen. No. it's hit or miss.
1: Well it's like that. The uh the picture of the front of the uh roundhouse that I sent you the entrance.
2: The oh, yeah. guest
1: entrance. You know, that was, we were just like, whoa, there's there's a lot going on there. Yeah.
2: You walk up to that front entrance, it feels like, and you want to cover your ears, and oh, that's very, very loud, that hurts. Right. And that was the feeling the door as to why, I mean, yeah, I know that it's a train museum station, you know, whatever that happens to be, but normally at the front entrance of a building, not so much. You know, right. you're not gonna get that much activity and that much sound, but it was immediately mm-hmm. you sent me that picture and immediately I was covering my ears and going, Oh, oh, that is loud. Wow,
1: right. that's loud. Well, and that never used to be a front entrance. When that mm-hmm. when the shop was in operation, that entrance wasn't there. That was part of the shop itself. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what you were catching, we we guys at work and and where you walk in was the uh the locomotive base, the steam locomotive base so um, and they you know they they got fired up in there uh they moved in and out of there under their own steam, so you know there's a lot going on um, so what are um, what are some places that you would like to go to like what are your Give me your top five bucket um, list places that you want to go to.
2: That's a tough one because you hear about a new place all the time. I mean, there are the basic places that people um, that people talk about
0: mm.
2: um, I mean, as far as wanting wanting to investigate and kind of debunk. If I ever had the chance, that I would go to Bobby Mackey's because there's a lot of nonsense Mm. that people talk about with that place, and I would love to find out what the actual truth is.
0: Mm -hmm. I
2: would love to find out what's actually there instead of people, you know, telling stories that we don't know that that's actually the background. That there's no proof. There's no documented evidence that that's what actually happened at the Mm -hmm. location. That's one I'd love to debunk. Right. Um. I know we've talked about a few places. I am really hoping to one of these days get out to the cabin. Mm -hmm. I am interested. After you sent me the photos of that place,
0: I'm
2: really curious what is really going on out of that place. Because there was some weird stuff that I was picking up on. Yeah. Um,
1: Especially that thing in the basement.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's something going on there in that basement that's crazy. I don't know if it's something that's negative. I don't know if it's the spirit that's just down there that's afraid. So mm-hmm. it's using imagery to scare people away. Um, it right. could be that. It could be that the spirit itself is manifesting something to keep people away from it so it has space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't really think of a top five because there are so many places. That's like five would go there. Right. You see an investigation, like, I would go there. (laughs) There are places that I will not go to at all. Yeah. um, Because there's just so much negative that it's like, "Mm, no, no. Right. Nope. (laughs) Um, If you watch some of the investigations that happen online and stuff too, there's places that it's just like, "Mm, no, mm, not going to stand my ground on that place, not at all. Right. But you know, there's been, you know, like, for years and years you hear about, like we talked about recently, the Queen Mary, there's so much Mm -hmm. going on there. I'd like to find out who Jackie is. I'd like to find out whether that's an actual entity, whether it's an older entity pretending to be a child, whether Mm -hmm. it's something else pretending to be a child. There's so many open questions about that place that I'd love to find out. Um, There were places that Growing up, I would see images and videos of different ships and stuff that people would say were haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a library that cops investigated, ghost centers investigated, that had the gray lady. I would love to go there because there are some, some things that I saw on there, ghost cams, that I couldn't explain. I'd right. love to be able to, to debunk mm-hmm. um, or communicate with and find out. I just can't give you a solid five because there's so many. There's... You know, I right. can
1: sit down for days and watch investigations and make a list. Yeah, I just haven't sat
2: down and put them to paper yet. So, how about Waverly Hills? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. That's oh,
1: I looked out there. That—that's one place. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I want to go into the death tunnel for some reason.
2: I think a lot of people do.
1: And it's you know, but because it,
2: there's a lot going on there.
1: Yeah, not—not not to get scared out of my wits, just no, oh, no, like like you said. No. Go there and sense it for yourself and actually figure out what's going on.
2: Yes. And I think a lot of what they've heard in that place, it feels residual to me. Right. Because when I watch the investigations, it always seems to be that they'll go down to that area and they'll hear footsteps. Well, why the footsteps? They're carrying bodies down there. Right. It's repeating itself over and over and over again. This was tragic. People lost their lives. By mm-hmm. the hundreds, you know, and to go there and be able to help these spirits and be able to say, you know, you guys don't have to stay here. Right. I know this is your home, but you don't have to stay and be tortured by the memory of dying from this illness. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, in that time, um, there was a lot of medical malpractice too, and I don't yeah. know. I don't know if any of it occurred at. Um, if it if it occurred there but I know at some other sanatoriums and uh, asylums uh, with like a couple of asylums, they worked with lobotomies and that's where they worked on perfecting it, if you can call it right. perfected, but it's not. But,
2: well, and, and think about Waverly Hills and some of those other places that dealt with tuberculosis back then. The right. things that they did to people that yep. they thought might fix the situation. Right. I mean, horrible torture is breaking open ribs and yes. deflating lungs and, I mean, just horrible things.
0: Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you know, a lot of it going, in, going on to a – I'm going to say it this way. sitting down and watching an investigation and investigating that way, watching somebody have already done it versus you going out there and experiencing it for yourself
0: Uh is
1: totally different. I mean, like you were saying, uh, you were watching uh, Ghost Hunters and you caught stuff on on some of their cameras that they probably didn't catch. That happens all the time. Um, Ghost Adventures would do their their streaming uh, investigations and people would – would message them all the time saying, oh, I saw this at this time, Mark.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or that they would mishear something from one of the EVPs. And, um, you know, they're – and I don't want to really say anything negative because I don't like to do that to other investigators at all. Right. But that – I think – I think he likes the attention. I think he likes the reactions
0: right. to things.
2: I think, but I think he's also gullible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think he is majorly gullible in areas.
1: I think he's he's opened himself up to the point where he can't control it.
2: Yes, that too. Yeah. Um there are things like believing that the Divic box is real when the guy who created it has actually admitted how fake it is, that he actually right. created it for the attention. Yeah. But yet he still displays it at his haunted museum and yeah. tells people that it's real when in fact it's not. And doing stuff like that can have negative ramifications to it. Right. Even if something's not haunted, putting your energy towards it and believing that it is can also create false energies like yeah. we talked about before. Yep. But um, a lot of there are times where he'll say an EVP says something, but if you go listen to it back, it really doesn't. Um, right. He'll say, "Oh, you know that said hell." No, it didn't. It said hello. Yeah. You know, it's just there's little things like that where I know that if I went to the same location, I'd have a completely different experience.
1: Right, and and that's that's the beauty of investigating is nobody's really going to have the same experience.
2: Right. I mean, people can document having the same entity approach Mm -hmm. them. One person can say it's something that's negative. Another person can say no, it's not. Maybe it's just the spirit that's angry with being stuck there or angry that people are coming around there and playing the dance monkey dance game. I mean, how many times can you go in and talk to a spirit and say, hey, if you're here, you know, do this, do that, repeat this, repeat that. They're people. They're going to get tired tired
1: of that shit.
2: They're not puppets, right? you know? So, uh, you know, can they get aggressive about it and say, you know what, leave me alone. I'm yeah. dead. I'm stuck here, and I'm trying to figure out how to leave.
1: Well, and so, I, you know, I, I honestly think that's when you get the EVPs of the screaming and the get out and the go away.
2: That's why you have to approach it. Um, even though I'm not a huge fan of the guy, there's a guy, um, oh, what's his name, Steve Huff or something like that?
0: Yeah. He's he a lot
2: of of reporting. Hmm. Um, But I like his approach. I like his approach because he doesn't come across as do this, do that, talk to me now. Right. He comes across and says, hey, I'm here out of respect and honor for you. hmm I'm here out of love and that's the answer. And right. I like the way that he does that. I like the way that he expresses that because mm-hmm. then he gets them to communicate with him because they understand that he's not there to play games. He's not right. there to be mean. He's not there to insult. He is there to speak mm-hmm. and let them know that they're respected.
1: Well, and That's the number one thing. Um, when I go to a place and when I leave, I, I'm very, and in between, I'm, I'm very respectful. Um, but like at the no, at, you
2: have
1: to be. right place, I used to uh, open up for tours. Um, it's a, it's in, it's called Dakota City in Farmington, and it's an amalgamation of um, buildings all over uh, Dakota County and maybe even other counties in the southern Minnesota region. But they've all been brought onto one site, and they're set up as a village. Um, and I would go out there and we would have school tours. So I would have a list of certain buildings to open up during the day. And no matter if I had been in that building 20 times before or it was a new building, um, every time I unlocked the door, as soon as I put a foot across the threshold, hey, good morning. Um, you know, we've got a school tour at this time today. There's going to be this many kids. Um, this is their age group. Thank you for letting us put your building on display. We appreciate what you do. And then the other side of that is when the tour was done, I'd get on my golf cart and I'd go and I'd lock up and it was the reverse, you know, Hey, thanks for letting them come in here. You were great today. Um, and if we were doing another school tour the next day, oh well, I'll be in here tomorrow to open up at this time. Um, that is always important to me because even though that's our um, that's our our property and our buildings, they're really not. They're still those buildings are still com- connected to the people who a either built them or worked in them over time and. Yeah. Um, every single time I go out there, um, even if I go out there as a guest and I pop into a certain house, say, hey, how you doing? You know, because I'd I've, I've been volunteering out there for over 20 years, so they know me. Um, so just, just let them know, hey, I'm here, how you doing? How's things been? And I try to do that by myself because if I do that around people that don't know what I'm doing – they're going to think I'm a wackadoodle. Jordy, pretty much all the staff there, they've experienced things. So everybody there talks to the buildings.
0: Right.
1: Um, and and that kind of gets into my next question. Um, I do investigations on my own. Like I said, SIP hasn't really gotten together to do investigations, but um as far as protection, um, I'm Lutheran. That's right. I was baptized Lutheran. I was brought up Lutheran. That That's what I believe in. Um, I don't really – I don't care what you believe in. I don't care who you pray to. But no matter what, if you're going somewhere and you're doing what we do, opening yourself up to who knows what. Um, I always think it's important to bring protection. Pray to whoever you, pray to whoever you believe in. Uh, Bring whatever talisman that you believe in. Um, And, and just steal yourself, you know. Um, When I show up at a place, I'll say a little prayer. Hey, I'm going out here, you know, grant me a hedge of protection. And I carry two important things on me. Uh, The first one is my grandfather's soldier's Bible, pocket Bible from World War II that he carried on him. Um, So this this is scene combat. And then the other one that I carry is um, I had the opportunity to go to Rome when I was in high school. And we toured the Vatican. And I thought I was just buying a rosary. But the rosary I purchased had been pl- had been blessed by Pope John Paul. Um, and this...
2: I would imagine they probably do bless items before they sell them. Right. A lot of, um, a lot of religious organizations and religious people, they won't buy items <sighs> that have religious symbology on them unless they've been blessed.
1: Right. I
2: remember growing up that my mother would not let us have religious items in the house unless they were blessed by a church.
1: Right. Uh, That rosary that I just showed you, uh, that's important to my family. A couple of years, maybe five, six years after I got home from uh, Rome, uh, my my mom's sister uh, had cancer. And she was Catholic, so I thought, well... You know, perfect. I have this rosary. I'm really not using it, so I sent it to her. Well, she survived cancer. Um, and within the last two, three years, my mom had cancer through COVID. Um, and that rosary, my mom was raised Catholic, but when she met my dad, became Lutheran. And let me tell you when she got cancer she picked she prayed the rosary every single day she's in remission now she's been in remission for about a year and a half so um when i started you know and and she's kind of on the fence about me doing the whole investigation thing because right your really parents you know,
0: religious people are.
1: Yes. She's she's not there to protect me, and and she's she's understanding of both sides of it, and and I am too. <laughs> um, but as soon as I told her I was I was doing this investigating stuff, she gave me that rosary. Oh, and I carry those with me. Those are kind of like right. my backup. Um, if, yeah,
2: and it's not really the item that you carry with you. Right behind it. Yeah. It's
1: it's, all that item is, is a, it's a talisman. Um, like you said, yeah, it's,
2: it's the intention, it's that the
1: intention behind it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, and it's that, the,
2: intention. the more positive intention, the more important that you make that, that that's your protection. That's your intention to go right. in, to be protected, to be positive, to keep out anything negative that might approach you yep. and block it from harm, from doing any harm to you.
0: Yep.
2: All the better. It doesn't matter what religion you are. Anything that brings about positive intention and protection and prayer. We've seen groups where prayer is just the strongest thing. Yeah. You've seen, you've seen Darkness Dave's group. You've yep. seen people ask for prayers. And within a short amount of time, hundreds of people across the world that are part of his group praying. Right. And people recover from things. Yeah. People get better.
0: Just like it's my that mom, constant you know? That we're
2: putting out there into yeah. the world.
1: And it's not just like like Dave will say, and like I say, because uh, I've actually I I actually had him on the show. I think he was like our third guest. Um, yeah. But he and I both say that it. I don't care, and it doesn't matter who you pray to and who you believe. Exactly. But as long as as you are praying to who you believe in, and like I said, have whatever talisman that you believe in, um... And those talismans, to me, are just tools. A cross is a tool. Uh, it, it helps you connect to
2: right. have that better That, Like we've talked about, that prayer of protection, that prayer yep. of positivity, that intention of I'm going in with good intentions and nothing is going to harm me if there's something negative right. here. It knows that that power of prayer positivity yep. is behind me, protecting me. It's it's like when you're meditating, you bring down that light. Right. Right. Uh, uh,
1: Oh, and and one more thing that I forgot to mention that I carry with me is I do have a vial of holy water that I bring with me. Um, That is the most important. If if I was going to tell somebody the most important thing to have with you, stop by a Catholic church or stop by a church that has holy water and and pick yourself up a little vial of holy water. Not only does it help you in investigations, and and getting rid of dark energy. For me, knowing that I have it on a daily basis helps me out.
2: Yeah, whether you choose
0: holy water,
2: whether you choose baptism, whether you choose to go to a Native American tribe and get a smudging done, it's all positive reinforcement. It's all energy. It's all intention. It's all...
1: It, it's important to keep that uh, positive vibe up on a daily basis as well, um, you know. And I, every day I go out the door. If I'm going somewhere, um, I'll have positive intentions, you know, in my mind, positive thoughts, good vibes in in my head exactly. as I go out. Um, exactly. And that's that's just what I got to do to to live my life. So, as a new investigator. Um, do you kind of do those things too? Do you have certain things that you oh, take into the yeah, field with if you? I
2: don't outwardly say them and do them, they're in my mind. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll wake up and say, okay, let's let the day be really good. Let's, you know, even when I'm going to work, if it's something as simple as, Let's hope people are not really cranky with me today. Let's hope that the phone lines aren't so busy today. Let's hope that we don't have any outages with our internet service. Um, Our website works properly, you know, just the basic small things. Mm -hmm. It's the same for investigations. Let's hope this goes well. Let's hope that we're safe. Let's hope, you know, anything like that, that you can put out there into the universe and say, let's hope for good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Well, looking at the time, holy cow, uh, it's been over an hour now, and we're at uh, one oh four, so the time flies. Um, you know, I've been doing this show for, oh, probably since March, and, you know, Ryan had been saying, well, you know, we do an hour block, and I was thinking, my first show, I was thinking, geez, I don't even know if I can do 20 minutes, and now, you know, like, I get on with someone I know and we, we start You're
2: chatting and there's so yeah. many questions and there's so much conversation that you want to go longer than that.
1: Exactly. And, Absolutely. um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll definitely have to do.